personal greetings. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a deacon of the church in Kentrea. I also ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of his people and to give her and any help she may need from you, for she has been the benefactor of many people, including me. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus. They risked their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Greet also the church that meets at their house. Greet my dear friend Epinesis, who was the first convent convert in Christ in the province of Asia. Greet Mary, who worked very hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junior, my fellow Jews, who've been in prison with me. They are outstanding among the apostles, and they were in Christ before I was. Greet Amplietus, my friend in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, my fellow worker in Christ, and my dearest friend Stachus. Greet Apellus, whose fidelity to Christ has stood the test. Greet those who belong to the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my fellow Jew. Greet also those in the house of Narcissus who are in the Lord. Greet Tryphena and Tryphosa, those women who worked hard in the Lord. Greet my dear friend Persis, another woman who has worked very hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother, who has been my mother to me too. Greet Ansicritus, Phlegion, Hermes, Patrobus, Hermas, and the other brothers and sisters with them. Greet Philolochus, Julia, Nerus, and his sister, and Olympus, and all the Lord's people who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. This is the word of the Lord. I think Eric deserves a round of applause, don't you? Those were some tough names. I said at the 8 o'clock this morning that uh, usually before the 8 o'clock service, I asked someone a few minutes before just to do the reading. And this morning, I couldn't do it. <laughs> I had to do it myself. But there were some tough names there. Thank you, Eric, so much for reading that to us. There are many different reasons why we come to church. Many different reasons why we come to church. Maybe for you it's to get closer to God. Maybe for you it's that your children or your grandchildren would have a moral foundation that they would learn from you and in your ways of godliness. Maybe for you it's to be a better person. Maybe it's to receive comfort in times of sorrow or grief. There's many different reasons why we come to church. There was a poem that I heard recently that I'm going to read to us that goes like this. It says, some go to church to laugh and to talk, and some go there to walk. Some go to church to meet a friend, and some go there an hour to spend. Some go to church to find a bride, and some go there a fault to hide. Some go to church to celebrate, and some go there to agitate. Some go to church to doze and to nod. I'm watching. 
but the wise go there to worship God. See, there's many different reasons why we come to church, but I would say the most important reason we come to church is to worship God. To worship God. But how do we worship God? Is it by singing songs of praise along with Kevin? Is it in observing the sacraments? Is it in listening to a Bible reading or listening to a sermon? Is it in our tithes or in our offerings? There's many ways in which we worship God. Now, the one another's are instructions given by God to his people in the context of the local church. Given by God to his people in the context of the local church. And we observe these one another's by giving them out to one another, by expressing them towards one another in the church. This is also an act of worship. In our songs of worship, in observing the sacraments, these are all things that, that point, that look to God. But observing the one another commands is we, we look around to one another. We express these towards another. This is also an act of worship because the two greatest commands, we had this this morning in our 8 o'clock common worship book, the two greatest commandments are love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. It's also an act of worship to love one another, to put these commands into practice. And this last few weeks, we've been looking at these commands, and it's been a great series, hasn't it? Don't all shout at once. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it has been a great series. The most frequent of these one another commands is to love one another. But the second most frequent in our reading we've just had is to greet one another. It's the second most frequent one another command in the Bible is to greet one another. And this is often coupled with this command by Paul to greet one another with a holy kiss. Now, I'm sure you're all wondering if you saw that this Sunday was about a holy kiss. When I saw this a few weeks ago, honestly, my heart sank. Is this command for us in the 21st century church to greet one another with a holy kiss? Is it for us today? Or is this just 2,000 years ago that Paul is talking to this, this church that was around in Jesus' time? You see, I think what we need to do is, is to go back and to look at the cultural context to what a holy kiss really meant before we dig into this a bit deeper. You see, 2,000 years ago, it was a common greeting to greet someone that you met in the street or in the church with a kiss. It was a common greeting. It still is a common greeting in parts of the world today. If you go to certain parts of the world, you will be greeted with a kiss. This is a common greeting. Now, it was common that a man would give another man a kiss on the cheek, and a woman would give a woman a kiss on the cheek. And there was nothing sensual about this, but what it was was a common greeting that the church took, and they made this into a holy greeting. The church took a common greeting and they made it into a holy greeting, a holy kiss. Paul says in Romans 16, verse 16, greet one another with a holy kiss. Now I would say, and having read some commentaries this last week on this passage, that actually Paul here is stressing greet one another before he stresses a holy kiss. You see, 16 times, from verses 1 through to verses 15 of Romans 16, we see this word greet 16 times. And then we get the kiss. The emphasis here is on the greeting, I would say, rather than on the kiss. So I'm sorry to disappoint you if you thought I was going to be talking all about a holy kiss. 
We will come back to this later, but particularly we're going to focus on what does it mean to give one another a holy greeting? What does it mean to give one another a holy greeting? And we're going to look at three aspects in particular this morning. The first is that a holy greeting acknowledges. A holy greeting acknowledges other people. Eric read to us all of this, these list of names. And what's interesting is that this is a huge, diverse list of names. We have Jew, we have Gentile, we have man, we have woman. We have slave, we have aristocrat, we have rich, and we have poor. What's also interesting is that half of these names were women's names or slaves' names. You know, in 2,000 years ago, women particularly didn't have a place in society. Slaves, as we know, not so. And so by Paul saying all of these names, he's not name-dropping here. He's not just saying, well, you know, look at me, look at all the Christian celebrities that I know. He's actually saying... I care about ordinary people. I care about ordinary people in the church. And I will greet them by their name. This is Paul showing that he acknowledges other people. He's not just name dropping. He acknowledges other people. See, for some of you, if you receive a letter, I know that when I receive a letter that says, Dear Sir, I know that it's not a particularly personal letter. You know, it's probably going to be a bank statement or a bill to pay. And you open it and you read your bill and you think, oh, goodness. Or a speeding fine. Not that I ever get any of those. I'm sure no one gets a speeding fine in this church. We're all very good drivers. But we know if it's addressed, dear sir or dear madam, it's not going to be a very personal letter. If I receive a letter that says, dear George Wilkinson, at least some effort has gone in to the letter. At least they've tried to get my name right, except they've got it slightly wrong. I'm often called George Wilkinson, whereas actually it's George Watkinson, if you didn't know that before. There was some level of effort gone into that letter. If I receive a letter that says, Dear George, I know that that is going to be a letter, most probably from a friend or from someone that knows me. Or it could be one of these new companies that tries to get you to sign up to their thing by, by saying your first name. So you're led into this false sense of security that, that they're your friend, but they're not. If you remember people's names, it acknowledges them. I was saying about this at the 8 o'clock this morning, and someone rightly said, well, you know, some of us you haven't quite got the memory that we once had. I am a bit like that myself. I'm, I'm terrible at names terrible at names. I've got a certain memory for for some things, for names, not so good. Do we remember what's going on in people's lives? When we're talking to someone, do we look at that person in the eye? Do we acknowledge that person? You see, I wonder when you came to church this morning, were you acknowledged? Did someone say, hello? Did someone look at you in the eye? Did someone give you a greeting? See, it's an important thing to remember to do. I've seen so many churches, and I've been put off myself by so many churches where there's no greeting, there's no welcome, and that's why we have a welcome team. But we shouldn't have to have a welcome team. We should all be doing this. We are a family here at Christchurch. We're the body of Christ. We look out for one another. When one of us is missing, and this is particularly true in the 1115 congregation, because we're slightly smaller. 
But if someone is missing, do you notice that they're not here? Do you phone them up in the week and say, I didn't see you on Sunday, how are you? Do you acknowledge your brother or your sister in Christ? Names are incredibly important, but it does go beyond names. Do we remember what's going on in people's lives? Do we remember to ask how how people's children or grandchildren are doing? Do we remember prayer requests that people give us? It's an important thing. You see, I've done a bit of a study myself, and I said this at 9.30 as well. It's interesting to note that when a man is speaking to a man, I don't know what it's like for women speaking to women, but when a man is speaking to a man, if I was to do this, often the man opposite will do the same. How many of us know when you're talking to someone and, and that person isn't looking at you in the eye, they're, they're looking over there at someone else that, that, that they can see, that, and it, doesn't it make you feel like, well, that person doesn't really care about me? They're just interested in talking to that other person. How do we position our feet when we're talking to people? Are we, are we like this? Because actually by this, by doing this, I, I'm saying actually I'd rather be over there talking to that person. How good are we at doing this? Do people walk into our church that have never been into a church before? Do they walk out feeling like they've been welcomed? Like they've received love, the love of Christ? A holy greeting is a greeting that acknowledges other people. The second characteristic, I would say, is that a holy greeting initiates. A holy greeting initiates. We see here in verse 16 that greet one another is an active command verb. This is Paul saying, you need to take the initiative to greet other people. Don't just wait for someone to come and to greet you. Take the initiative to go out of your way to greet someone else. Solomon, arguably Solomon, Proverbs 18.24 says, A man who has friends must himself be friendly. A man who has friends must himself be friendly. Jesus rebukes the Pharisees in Luke 11.43 because they love the best seats in the synagogue, and they loved to receive greetings in the marketplace. Do we wait for someone to give us a greeting, or do we go out of our way to greet other people, to take the initiative to greet? This is here an active command verb, take the initiative to greet others. You see, a holy greeter is someone who extends a greeting before receiving a greeting. A holy greeter is someone who extends hospitality before receiving hospitality. A holy greeter welcomes others at church before being welcomed first, or even without being welcomed. They go out of their way to welcome other people. Holy greeters move outside of their comfort zones. They speak to people that maybe they haven't spoken to before. After church on a Sunday, do you just talk to your friends? This is a huge challenge to me. Do I just talk to those that I know, or do I go out of my way to introduce myself to people I've never met? You know, it is my job to do that. But for us as the church, you know, we should all be doing this. It's not just the paid staff, it's not just the welcome team, it's all of us. We are the body of Christ. Do we go out of our way to initiate conversation? Do you invite people for lunch on a Sunday? I think that's an interesting one, particularly in the culture in which we live. Winchester, not just Winchester, but Western culture, we're not particularly good at doing this. 
I lived in South Africa, some of you might know, for about a year. And in South Africa, in Cape Town, people are just so freely giving out invitations to come round for dinner. Would you like to join us for our braai, our barbecue, this afternoon? It's an amazing place, and you, you really see genuine community. Do we invite people for lunch, for dinner, that we don't usually invite? Or do we just invite our friends? A holy greeter is someone who takes the initiative. My final point. This is a three-point sermon. It's a traditional Anglican or Baptist sermon. Three points. My final point is a holy greeting affects. A holy greeting shows genuine affection. You see, I've already said at the beginning that, that the emphasis here is not on the kiss, but it's interesting to see that the kiss is something that does show genuine affection. It's a way in which we show that affection to other people. How does that look for us today? How does that look in our culture, in our context? Do we shake people by the hand? Do we look at someone in the eye? See, I think we've lost this in some ways. Do we remember to give someone 100% attention when we're talking to them? Do we show them genuine affection? And I think touch is important in our Christian worldview because unlike the God of the pagans, Jesus Christ came to this earth as God and touched those who were untouchable. When the Pharisees, when the religious leaders says, well, no, I, I couldn't possibly go near to those people, the lepers the tax collectors, the prostitutes. Jesus embraced those people. He came alongside them and he touched them and he loved them. Now, obviously, we have to be slightly careful with safeguarding procedures of how we do this, but do we show genuine affection when we're talking to someone? Do we show them that we love them? Do we live out Christ in us? Do we go to those who maybe the society sees as untouchable? A couple from the 930 congregation shared with me after the service a story of their daughter who was going to university in France, in Reims. And she was on her way. She left at 6 o'clock in the evening and she should have arrived by, by midnight, but she hadn't arrived and she hadn't texted them to say that she'd arrived. So they were worried. At 1 in the morning, she got a they got a text saying, I've arrived, I'm safe, don't worry, um, I'll tell you tomorrow what's happened. Turned out that she turned up in Reims. She'd gone through the center of Paris, which had meant that she got stuck and she was late. But she turned up in Reims, and the university was closed, and there was no one around, and she had nowhere to sleep. What had happened is a prostitute had seen her on the street on her own and had welcomed her to come and stay at her house. A prostitute had welcomed her to come and stay at her house. You know, it just reminds me of the story of Rahab in the Old Testament. You know, we're so quick to judge. However, a prostitute could never do that. Do we go to those that are untouchable? Do we show the love of Christ to those that maybe don't receive love in any other way? How do we show those people genuine affection? Last week I met with a man, and no one here will know this man. He was a friend of a friend who introduced me, and this guy has had a really tough time in the last two years. He, he got pneumonia, and then he reacted to a drug that he was taking, and since then, for the last two years, he's had depression, he's had anxiety, he's had chronic pain. And I met with this, this chap, and it just 
broke me to see how he was compared to what he was when I saw him a few years ago. He was broken. And I said to him towards the end of our conversation, have you, have you tried praying? Have you tried reading your Bible? Have you tried crying out to God? Because it seems to me that nothing else is working. And he said, oh, well, you know, I'm not religious. I'm not religious. But he asked me to pray for him. As I prayed for him, I put my hand on his shoulder and just prayed for his healing. And afterwards he said, you know, as you put your hand on me, there was a warmth that came through my body that I felt the love of Christ, that I felt something that was different. And as I went to leave, I just I, I stood up and, and looked him in the eye. I just felt like God was saying there and then, just give the guy a hug. Just gave him a hug, a simple hug. What does that cost? And he started crying. Just by giving someone a hug, does that show the love of Christ to that person? How do we show genuine affection to other people? A holy greeter is someone that acknowledges other people as far as we can to remember what's going on in their lives, to try and to remember their name. A holy greeter is someone who initiates conversation, who goes out of their way to talk to people maybe that they've never spoken to before. A holy greeter is someone that shows genuine affection to other people. Maybe you're here this morning and you think, well, yeah, that's all very well, but I, I can't do that because I haven't received the affection of Jesus myself. Now, how do I give out unless I first receive the love of Christ in my life? As I was praying this last week, I really just felt the verse in Matthew where Jesus says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come to me. Come as you are. And I will give you that rest. And maybe that's for you this morning. Maybe you need to just come to Christ to receive what he has given us, to receive the greeting that he has welcomed us in to his kingdom, that he has seated us at the right hand. There's so much truth in the book of Ephesians. I just recommend to read the book of Ephesians again, those early chapters that speak of us, you know, that we're seated next to Christ, that we are adopted into God's kingdom, that we are chosen, that we were chosen before the beginning of time. These are amazing truths. Have we received the love of Christ? And if you haven't, if you need to receive that again, I'm just going to leave a bit of space in a minute that we can just be still and receive from him. How do we give out? How do we show these things to other people? Let's just be still for a moment and I'll pray. Jesus, thank you that you showed us the most incredible greeting by coming to this earth as God and by dying the death that we should have died. That you hung on a cross in our place. That you have chosen us. That you have seated us next to you. That you have adopted us into your kingdom. Lord, thank you for those amazing truth in, in your word that says that we are children of God. God, I pray that if we need to receive that this morning, I pray that, that we would come before you, that we would be still, that we would give you our burdens. And God, I pray that as we look out 
to our world, our broken world in which we live. Lord, help us to extend these holy greetings to others. Help us to acknowledge, to initiate. Help us to show genuine affection. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would help us to do this. We can't do this in our own strength. And we pray these things now in Jesus' name.